Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson. Here on the hump day edition of the yard, man, it's busy, man. It is busy. It's getting chilly, too. Got in a hot tub last night. Was kind of glad to have that uh, cool air in my face. But I'll tell you what, uh, things are changing around here. Weather's changing. You know, we had our 15 minutes of fall. Now it looks like we're headed to winter. But, uh, yeah, a lot of rumors out there about the Mississippi State coaching search. We'll talk about some of that today. Let me encourage you, if, you, if you're not already a member of jeanspage.com, we understand that when the Mississippi State family is in crisis, we kind of come together. We circle the wagons a little bit. And we're doing that over at jeanspage.com and because we want to be able to give you information at a discounted price. We're going to run a 60% off the annual subscription price special. Yeah, and it's been busy. It's been really busy. Got uh, some people back, too. It's interesting, you know. Had some people leave recently and said, oh, I think I'm done. Well, they're back, you know. And so we welcome them back, open arms, no hard feelings. You know, we're just here to support the Bulldogs and report on the Bulldogs. And uh, we do that over at jeanspage.com. And I can tell you, you know, your good friend and host been a little testy last couple days. Just tell you. These uh, coaching searches, and I'll be honest with you, just to kind of give you some uh, personal background here, one of the things I told my wife, you know, when we lost to Auburn, because at that point I felt like, you know what, it's going to be tough to come back from this. I mean, it's a very pedestrian Auburn offense. They did a good job against Arkansas. Maybe they figured some things out. But when we dropped that game and the way we did, I said, man, I'm not looking forward to covering a coaching search. It's so labor-intensive. And uh, I know that you guys, uh, you deserve the best. And listen, you know – I had somebody tell me recently, you know, about, you know, this is the time that I'd usually shine. And I don't know if that's the case, but I'll tell you this, that uh, we're pretty obsessive about all this stuff. And I always take it as a challenge, you know, when people say, oh, there's, you know, you're not going to be able to get information. And uh, fortunately, you know, I've been covering Mississippi State since 1997. And so I've seen coaches come and go. I've seen assistant coaches come and go. I've seen administrators come and go. I've seen athletic directors come and go, but I'm still here. And uh, you kind of find out who you can talk to and who you can trust. And, of course, i uh, got some extensive contacts uh, around the country and then, of course, with uh, some friends and agent circles. And so, yeah, this time of year when this kind of stuff happens, I hit them up and I wear them out. And so they're always happy to hear from me in the beginning. They're like, oh, I knew I'd be hearing from you, man. What can we do? By the time this thing is over, they're so sick and tired of hearing from me because here's the deal, man. My allegiance and loyalty is to all of you. And if I'm in a position that I can get you information, I'm going to make the call. And uh, it's important to me. I think you deserve to know what's going on. Now, we don't want to do anything to jeopardize Zach Selman's search, right? We don't. And so we're in contact with people on campus. You know, there are a lot of times we'll hear things because there's agents out there that love to float their clients' names to in association with jobs to try to get them a raise at their current position. You know, and that happened uh, a lot when we hired Chris Simonis. We had a lot of people out there that weren't even serious candidates that were coming out later and saying, oh, you know, I've decided to sign an extension and a raise with this particular school, and I no longer have interest in the Mississippi State job. And what was so funny about that is we didn't have any interest in them. And so there will be some of that in this football search. So I encourage you, don't believe everything you read on Twitter. Because all of a sudden what happens is people thinking, oh, everybody keeps turning us down. Well, all those people don't even offer. That's how the game is played. 
So understand, and Zach Selman said it on Monday, and if you don't hear it from him, it's probably not true. Well, I'm going to offer you two. I'm going to have some things to say, too, you know, and uh, we're going to do our best. Uh, we may not be able to announce a hire. You know, we hope to. You know, I was promised when we hired Leach because we sat on it. We knew that it was Leach. And if you were a member of jeanspage.com, you understand we were the only people talking Mike Leach. And ultimately, it was Mike Leach. And uh, little did I know that would begin a friendship with Mike Leach that I never thought possible. So we're going to get to it as best we can. And uh, I go back to the Justin Parker thing, too. And that's the thing that's important, too. Like, what's true today may not be true tomorrow. Right? There may be candidates out there that don't have a lot of interest today, but all of a sudden is they get into the silly season and they realize maybe the offers that are coming their way are maybe not better than Mississippi State. Or maybe they become somewhat disenfranchised with some things at their current location. And I say, you know what, I'm going to double back that. That happened. We hired Lamonis. You know, there were a couple of candidates that uh, John Cohen approached initially you're like, you know, John, I don't know if this is the right year for me to make the move. And then as we got done with it, as we're uh, closing in on terms with Chris Lamonis, a couple of those coaches came back and say, okay, I'll take it. Well, there's no longer an offer on the table. We hired Chris Lamonis, who won us a national championship. I don't know what your feelings about Chris are today, but the fact that we were number one in college baseball at the end of the year for the first time in school history is a pretty special moment. Uh, but, yeah, again, things are going to change. And, and – Stick you in baseball for a second. I remember the Justin Parker thing, right? We had Justin Parker on our initial hot board, and that's always great. You know, like when you identify the guy that ultimately gets the job first. That happened with me and Robbie Falk on the women's basketball search. We had Nikki McCray Pinson on the list first. And I had a friend, a matter of fact, a listener to this show that works in college academia that hit me up and said, hey, I don't know if this, this lady is going to get the job, but I know that Nikki McCray Pinson – is a candidate for the job at Mississippi State. So we, we run with it. And it works out. Now, we're not 100% with that. Nobody bats a 1,000. But like the Justin Parker situation, I can tell you, maybe a week before we actually made him the priority, that deal was dead, man. It was. Everybody told me he's happy at South Carolina, not looking to move on, not going to make a move this year. A little bit hesitant, you know, because of the whole thing. You know, Lamontis would be on the hot seat. He didn't want to have to move his family again in two years. And then what do you know? All of a sudden, Chris Lamontis basically makes up his mind is we're going to go get the best guy, and it's Justin Parker. And so the weekend before Justin Parker visited our campus, I was told by somebody in an agent circle that said, hey, you know what? This thing with Justin Parker may not be over just yet. You know, a week or two ago, he was like, no, I'm not going to make a move. There was all this talk about, you know, his head coach taking the job down at Miami, didn't want to go down there. Ultimately, everybody kept their jobs. And I remember some South Carolina media people, and, and I'm not, I don't mean this disrespectfully, don't, so please don't take it that way. I had some people that were saying, hey, what, man, you know, Steve's wrong about this. And you know what? I may have been, but it turns out that I wasn't. Uh, and, and that's just kind of how things happen. You know, things change quickly. So, again, we're putting things out there that we've heard. That doesn't mean it's not going to change later. So understand that. There'll be some new names emerge. Matter of fact, we have, we're have we on our fifth edition of the hot board. And what I mean by that is, is we've, we've taken some people off. We've put some people on. We've updated some people. And so that's a VIP, you know, uh, 
you know, feature at jeanspage.com. Mike Nemeth, you remember, you know Mike? Mike ran media relations at Mississippi State for generations, right? Uh, I, I was sharing with some new guys on my staff today. Times like these, I really lean on Mike and David. I really do. You know, David's been covering Mississippi State since 1979. And Mike, of course, is head of media relations. They have relationships that I don't. Now, we have a lot of mutual friends, but there are people sometimes that may be more comfortable talking to them. Mike's a guy that knows everybody in the Southeastern Conference. Mike Nemeth can pick up the phone and call any campus in this conference, and they'll take his call. He can call over to Birmingham. They'll take his call. And so it's so great to have those people that I consider giants in my circle. It's true. Now, I'm out here grinding. Trust me. You know, and I, I probably irritate some people here a lot when these things are going on. But when you've got that wealth of information and those resources available to you, it, it makes you better. Again, I shared with my guys this morning. I said, I, don't, I trust Mike and David without reservation, and I don't trust anybody. It's true. I don't take anything anybody tells me at face value, as uh, many in my life can attest. You know, I'm the Ronald Reagan type, trust but verify, right? But anyway, come check us out at Jeans Page again, 60% off the annual subscription price. We're, I don't know how long we run it, so act today. And uh, we're going to be doing daily updates on what we've learned about the coaching search and uh, trying to familiarize you with some of the candidates. Uh, Mike Nemeth and I had a chuckle a while back when uh, – there are a lot of people telling me, hey, this whole thing with the athletic director search is going to be locked down. Yeah, we, we profiled Zach Selman as a candidate three weeks before we took the job. You know, a, a name that kind of came out of nowhere. And then ultimately, before we make a decision, we told our subscribers, when many people thought it was going to be Jared Banco, we said, no, it's going to be Zach Selman. And it was. And that's not tooting my own horn. I'm just kind of telling you that's the wealth of resources that we have. Uh, and we work really hard to leverage those relationships to get you guys the truth. Let's thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company. Nothing truer than the fact that you can go to Bulldog Burger Company and have a wonderful meal at a wonderful price and a wonderful atmosphere with all the wonderful people around you, whether it be your friends, your family, your coworkers. Uh, I don't know what you're looking to do or who you're looking to entertain, but Bulldog Burger Company has a place for you. Go in there, have the spring rolls as your appetizer. Maybe if you don't want the spring rolls, maybe get those new nachos. Maybe get the wings. One of the things I love about the wings, and I had them again recently, you know, sometimes you go get a chicken wing and it's overcooked, and they just kind of, you know, wash it around in the sauce and hope you don't notice. The wings at Bulldog Burger Company are fried to perfection and then sauced, and you get them, and it doesn't feel like some charred chicken wing just kind of bathed in buffalo sauce. It's amazing. So maybe if you're looking, kind of change it up a little bit. Try those wings. Sometimes I get them as an entree. True. Uh, three great locations to serve you. University Drive here in Stark Vegas, Gloucester Street in Tupelo, Lake Harper Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. Go in there and grab that mission. I get the Pico de Gallo on the side. You may like it differently. Um, get the, the Bryant, which is great. The Lauren. So many amazing hamburgers. That great restaurant quality hamburger. One of the fine delicacies we afford ourselves in life. You're not going to find a better one than you will at Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet, M-E-A-T. All right, one of the debates that is out there now, and a lot of people are a little bit um, distracted, shall we say, with the coaching search. You know, sometimes people forget that um, 
that, uh, you know, we still got two games left to play. We may actually have three. You say, Steve, we're not going to beat Ole Miss. Believe it or not, we might actually qualify for an APR bowl at five and seven. Now, many of you have said, Steve, I just want the season to end. And I get that. I understand that. It's been very frustrating. In many respects, I think it's a new season. A lot of discussion about Will Rogers and Woody Marks potentially playing this weekend. As Greg Knox said on Monday, so astutely, Greg, he goes, you know, we got a chance to go win the state championship. It's a new coach. There's a new air, I guess you could say. And I understand we've had some really good practices. Last week I was told all week long that we were just kind of going through the motions. And it showed on Saturday. But I understand we've had a little more pep in our step this week. Let's say Riders comes back, knocks off the rust a little bit against Southern Miss, and, and then probably playing his last ball game at Davis Wade Stadium on Thanksgiving. I don't know what to expect. But let's say we earn bow eligibility or we backdoor our way in at 5-7 and seven again. And uh, from what I understand from Jerry Palm's discussions today, of the teams projected to be 5-7, and seven, Mississippi State's number two in APR. And there's not going to be enough bowl slots. So many of you are thinking, hey, this thing ends on Thanksgiving. There's a good chance we're going to get a bowl invite. you got to beat Southern Miss. I mean, you lose Southern Miss, all bets are off, right? And Southern Miss, obviously, uh, very excited about the ball game and kind of wound up, of course, to see a vulnerable Mississippi State team on the other sideline. They hadn't beaten us in the last five meetings. Got to go back to 88 when Southern Miss had a win over Mississippi State. And so the thing that I ask – Again, you know, Steve, how do you feel about us playing in a bowl game? Guys, it's not so much the game that matters to me than it's the bowl practices, especially with the fact that we're about to make a coaching change. Those bowl practices always matter, but when you're in the process of bringing a new staff in, not to say you're going to go through a bunch of wholesale changes and things like that, you know, change your philosophy, change your offense. I mean, I, I suspect it'll be the status quo, but if you saw in 17, you know, we had a bunch of coaches leave us and basically the GAs and the uh, other assistant coaches led us to victory over Lamar Jackson in Louisville in the Gator Bowl. Right? And I also think, too, when I consider everything that our players have gone through in the last 12 months – you know, there's all this discussion last year, middle of the year, Mike Leach needs to be fired. If he doesn't win the Egg Bowl, we got to let him go. We end up having an, a nine-win season, one of the only nine-win seasons in school history. We got the Egg back, won one of the best bowl games in our school's history, and finished in the top 20. That said, that wasn't a very enjoyable bowl trip for those kids. Zach Arnett had been named the interim coach uh, when Coach Leach was uh, out in Texas dealing with some of his health issues. And uh, so he went in Leach's place to the little uh, pre-bowl press conference. And you didn't know it at the time, but Mike was already uh, having some issues. Then Mike Leach passes away, devastating to so many of us. And as difficult as it was for all of us, those players, 
their loss was so much more severe than ours. And, of course, you know, Mike had some friends around town. I've had a chance to, to visit with so many of them, you know, people that Mike and uh, Sharon had dinner with regularly and took trips together and things like that, had morning coffee with. Uh, the leeches were not holed up you know, in some palace somewhere kind of far removed from our Starkville community. You guys are well aware of the things that Mike did for the WTF restaurant. Um, he loved that place, loved those people, did what he could to help them. But he didn't put it in the paper. He didn't go post a picture of him and the owner handing her a check on Instagram, right? Much different deal. Mike Leach is a different guy. He did things for the right reasons and not for the photo op. And you can only begin to imagine as much as we cherished him, how much our players did. That's not to say that, you know, Leach was always, uh, you know, had the closest relationship with all the players, you know, but he certainly, he's their coach, right? Then you wonder, hey, well, so-and-so's going to get in the portal, and this guy's going to get in the portal, and then so-and-so's contacting me by getting in the portal. And there's all the stress and anxiety of that, and then we promote Zach Arnett, and that kind of stabilizes some things, and everybody kind of stands at ease. Well, then you find out that, hey, everybody on offense is leaving. We're going to run a different scheme. So now you got the spring to kind of get up to speed, make sure everybody understands that, and then try to go out here and have a big season and build on last year's success, and then we don't. It's been a tumultuous year. Hi, Bulldog fans. Our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season. It's concert season. It's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort, so no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand-new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. Got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? 
How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You get fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. Here for the Mississippi State football player. And I don't care if we end up in the Birmingham Bowl or not. Those kids deserve a nice memory. After all they've been through, I think it'd be a wonderful thing. Now, you don't have to go. I'm going to encourage you to go. But you don't have to go. And, of course, there's always the self-loathing Mississippi State fan. But, Steve, we didn't earn it. Well, no, we did. These are are the rules they put together before the season started and said this is who goes to bowl games. We don't get to pick that. But some people are saying, hey, we should pass on that. We should be better than a 5-7 and seven bowl game. You know what? You're entitled to your opinion. I hope Zach, Arndt, uh, Zach Selman doesn't agree with you, though. Because I think our student-athletes deserve a chance to leave here with a very positive experience. Now, of course, you beat Southern Miss. You find a way to beat Ole Miss. You know, it's a different dynamic entirely. But there's a really good chance that we're going to get three bowl, three games this year, despite everything. But you got to go out here and beat Southern Miss and hopefully beat Ole Miss. I and mean, if you don't, you kind of leave it in the hands of the committee, but uh, you still got a chance. And so I'm not going to sit here and say, well, you know, it's a great year, went to bowl game. I just think when you look at the unprecedented nature of what our players have gone through and what our staffers and our fan base have gone through, we deserve a chance to celebrate a little bit. And the fact that we've already announced a coaching change, as I, I touched on this uh, earlier this week, First time in 85 years that we hadn't had a coach finish the regular season. So it's a a very, very rare undertaking here at Mississippi State. So not only have your players seen their previous coach pass away unexpectedly, they saw his replacement get fired midseason. And I get it. Maybe some guys say, you know what, I think I'm done here. I'm going to go and get in the portal. And I don't know if you know this, but the portal is already open for our players. It's true because of the coaching change. So that's already open. Now, at this point, I'm not aware of anybody going in. And I think in the end, everybody will want to finish the season together. And it's going to be up to Greg Knox and these ongoing assistants to say, you know what, hey, let's make this about Mississippi State. Let's make this about this team and these seniors. Let's try to salvage something of the year. But I am very much in favor of playing in a ball game. Uh, especially when, uh, you know, you've got the continuing coaches to kind of help with all that stuff. And then the new coaches, of course, can start uh, outlining the vision for recruits. 
you know, there's, there's some legalities with all that, but you can have some people already, you know, certified as recruiters for the university. As soon as a new coach is hired, they can work on that aspect of it. So it's not like you've got some quote lame duck coaches that are, um, you know, having to have conversation with recruits and not know what to tell them. Also of note, too, you're going to have some of your coaches that are going to have a chance to kind of audition to stay on. Depending on who we hire, you never know how that's going to go. But uh, I would suggest that there'll be some people retained. I would expect that. Not even knowing who's going to get hired, there will be some people that will be held over as part of the transition team. I think there's some people, you know, on the recruiting staff that will be retained, you know, institutions at this university, but also people that work hard for Mississippi State. Uh, So it's an interesting dynamic. And then we talked so much about, you know, coaching changes and things of that nature. So as I mentioned on the show Monday, we need to really have somebody in place uh, by the uh, SEC championship game weekend. The portal opens. Again, it's already open for our players, but the portal opens, and so we've got to be able to attack because we're going to have to rely on the portal a lot this year to kind of flip this roster. You're only going to get, you know, three weekends in December to host official visitors. Now, yeah, you can host some midweeks, but, um, you know, the longer the search goes, the less time you have to recruit and also to recruit your own players to stay and also to begin recruiting players uh, the transfer portal. And you've got to be able to tell them who's going to coach them and what your philosophy is going to be and what their roles are going to be. So it's interesting. You know, I'm just going to tell you now, I would expect this thing, this search to go on at least through the regular season. At least. I mean, we're already two days into this and people are already getting antsy. And they're like, Steve, can we just hire somebody? Guys, we just fired him Monday. So, yeah, you need to buckle up. Uh, because any coach that's really worth anything, right, is uh, still going to be coaching his team through the regular season. And that school is not going to grant permission for that coach to interview with us before their season's over. That's not to say that their agent, their reps, can't speak to us and say, hey, here are our salary demands, our contract demands. And then you can kind of whittle it out and say, yeah, I think we can do this. And then by the time you get done with the regular season, well, then, and only then, uh, can you have a formal sit-down. But by the time we get there, because you can talk to third parties and that, that kind of stuff, we'll have a pretty good idea of who we want. It's not like we're just kind of sitting around doing nothing, waiting for the season to end. Uh, I've already confirmed uh, Mississippi State working with Turnkey as the, uh, the search firm. Their representatives are already out calling agents of potential candidates and candidates themselves to gauge their interest in our job. That can happen. We can do that, right? We just can't interview them. So you have this big funnel of candidates, and there are a bunch of them. There's a lot of people out there, you know, they'll say, hey, well, I know so-and-so is interested. That doesn't mean we're interested. And there are other people that we're interested in that may not be interested in us. And we'll figure that out. The search committee will help. And we'll whittle this list of candidates down to a workable number and then begin to have some very real and meaningful conversations. Because, you know, hey, we're not going to go out here and waste our time. Like if, if, if we're going to pay $7 million, we're not going to go get a guy that's already making 8 and his buyout's $20 million. 
We're not going to waste our time with that. So the search committee helps you navigate through that. Here are the people that have interest. Here are the people that fit the profile. Here are the people in your price range. That's how it works. It's not like we're just cold calling. It's not like the days when Charlie Shira just picked up the phone and called Ron Polk, who was at Miami, and said, hey, how would you feel about coming to be the baseball coach? That was the search committee. There was no process. There was no firm. And Ron Polk's like, hey, well, let me think about it. <laughs> and then Polky goes and talks to Ron Frazier, and they kind of figure this thing out. We, we fly Ron out to, to Baton Rouge for the LSU-Mississippi State game. We wind him and dine him, have a good time. It's a different day in time these days. You know, telecommunications has changed the way we do business, right? So you can have some conversations with some third parties before you get permission to actually speak to a candidate. That's true, and that's, that's going on. That's happening now. That's been going on for days. And so these people will do their job and put together a pool of candidates, and then Zach Selman and those that he entrusts as part of his search committee will begin to figure out who is the best fit for Mississippi State, and then we'll begin to interview those candidates. We'll bring the, bring the preferred uh, candidate to campus. By the time we do, the deal is pretty much done. Contracts may not be signed or executed, but you don't bring people to campus if you're not serious about hiring them. Guys, I saw the, the whole uh, tweet thing yesterday, the tweet gate. There's a couple things that I want to say about that. Um, let me get my breath here for a second because I, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Okay, do, do you really think that Liberty, who is 10-0 right now and battling to be in a New Year's Six Bowl game and have a perfect season, is going to grant permission for their coach to fly to Starkville, Mississippi and sit down and talk to us about being our next coach the day after we fire a coach? Let that sink in for a second. And I love the fact there's some, so many people that they get invested in a false narrative and they, it's like an echo chamber. You can't tell them anything that makes sense. Well, let me tell you this. If you don't have those context clues or the ability to have some deductive reasoning, how about I've already confirmed that it didn't happen? And maybe you don't want to, have to take my word for it. You have the right to be wrong. I'm going to be wrong about a lot of things during this search. I'm going to misjudge some things, but I can tell you that. I'm not wrong about that. We hadn't interviewed anybody on our campus yesterday. This didn't happen. And again, why would Liberty be okay with that? And people would say, well, you know, hey, this guy's done this, whatever. Uh, he, he snuck away and came and talked to us. Well, that, you know, that would constitute a breach of contract that in most cases would alleviate a buyout. So there's millions of dollars at stake, not to mention then, uh, I suspect that the other school would probably have a pretty good case of tampering against Mississippi State. So not only would the coach be out a bunch of money, we could be out a bunch of money too. We would never sneak somebody on campus without knowledge of their employer. Now, I understand there's a lot of professional courtesies and things like that, but there is a way you do business. You can rest assured that everybody associated with the search from Zach Selman to Tom Green to everybody else, Joey, everybody else on that team is doing what they can on a daily basis to find the individual 
that is best suited for our needs in the future for football. You can rest assured. Nobody's just kind of sitting around thinking, okay, we'll just wait. No, no, no. I got too many friends in agent circles that tell me their clients are getting calls regularly from our search firm to ask what their thoughts are on Mississippi State, what their salary demands are, what's important to them. They're doing the due diligence to help Zach Selman uh, facilitate this search. That's what they're there for. And so it's important to understand that. There is a process. There is a protocol that has to be followed. we got a ball game this weekend. I'm going to encourage you right now. Again, we'll have daily updates. But I'm going to encourage you right now to kind of shift your focus towards the Southern Miss game. And if you're on the fence about coming, get off the fence and get on the road. And come be a part of this crowd. It's 11 a.m. kick. You can come up the night before or come up the morning of, come to the ball game, cheer for the Bulldogs, ring a cowbell. Hopefully we get a W. And you go home. And you come back again on Thanksgiving against you-know-who. But no, I don't expect us to have a coach hired by the Egg Bowl. If we do, it's, it'll be a surprise. And a lot of us to understand this is kind of an unprecedented situation. A lot of people say, hey, we fired Mullen and we had Moorhead like a Two days later. It's true. But you forget Mullen played in the Egg Bowl. That was the Nick Fitzgerald game, right? So Nick Fitzgerald was injured in that ball game. And um, Dan was still here. Now, he was scheduled to go visit Tennessee and talk to John Curry about the job up there. But uh, Dan Mullen had already informed uh, Dr. Keenum and John Cohen Earlier in the year, this is the year he was going to take a job somewhere else. So we, we had a head start, even though we didn't have public knowledge that Dan was leaving. Now, the week of the Egg Bowl, I'm hearing from all kinds of people that Dan's headed to Tennessee. And I actually have the open records around here somewhere, you know, of those conversations about him going to Tennessee. And ultimately, Florida gets involved. And I understand that Scott Strickland called John Cohen the week of the Egg Bowl, and John told him, Hey, I get it, but you can't talk to him until after the game. And once Florida got involved, Tennessee got nudged out. So all that was going on behind the scenes that we're supposed to be playing the game of the year, right? You knew how important that game was for us. And your head football coach had a foot out the door. And uh, our coaches were speaking openly in practice about leaving going Tennessee in front of your players. It's a true story. And so I share all that with you to, to make sure you kind of understand the fact that we have fired a coach in season is going to elongate this search in many respects just because of the fact that the candidates that we want to talk to are still playing. And while we can have some conversation with third parties, as far as having formal interviews, that's going to be a little bit. That's not to say that we can't have contact with the people that can help facilitate that change. And by the time we get to the end of the regular season – you know, we, we certainly will have a good idea of uh, you know, the direction we want to go. Like this whole funnel of candidates won't be, you know, a dozen wide by the time we get ready to play the Egg Bowl. Uh, we think about the whole Michigan State thing. You know, Michigan State uh, is a mess up there. I'm told they're going to have to overpay for a coach. Uh, there was some discussion about Willie Fritz headed to uh, Northwestern. Northwestern has now decided to keep their interim coach. Uh, two weeks ago, that really wasn't the case. Not even last week, I was told, hey, you know what, Willie Fritz may end up at Northwestern. Well, then they win the game. 
They're going to be bowl eligible under some really difficult circumstances this year, so they've elected to keep their coach. And that's how things change, right? There are a lot of people that kind of operate under a worst-case scenario mindset. And when you're in leadership, you have to consider that. That's one of the things my wife and I talk about all the time. If anything happens, she goes, why do you always assume the worst? I said, it's not that I'm assuming the worst, I'm preparing for it. Mentally, I'm preparing for it. Okay, so if this happens, then this is how I'll respond. And you prepare for it. And that's, that's kind of like, you know, you know, read the John Maxwell book, right? Everybody that operates under the assumption, well, everything will be okay, will find themselves in a situation where nothing is okay. And just as the case with Zach Arnett this year, you know, Zach Selman and uh, his people, of course, unofficially, you know, have already um, had some feelers out. Not as early as some people suggested. You know, a lot of people out there wanted to defend their false narrative. But uh, if you think Zach Selman just all of a sudden woke up Monday morning and said, you know what, yeah, I think we'll fire the football coach. No. There was a plan in place. That plan is now being executed. And uh, a lot of people already, two days in, are already fed up with the search. You know, and a lot of people want information that doesn't exist yet. It doesn't even exist in the mind of one Zach Selman. Everybody has a short list. Every responsible leader has a short list, especially in the world of athletics. Every year. Scott Strickland had one. Larry Templeton had one. Certainly John Cohen had one. Uh, there have been times in the past, you know, that I've, I've talked to John, and he goes, you know, that, that basketball coach from that school, that guy's really impressive. You know, I wrote his name down. I thought, you know what, if, if for some reason we're looking for a basketball coach, I want to talk to that guy. That's how it works. You keep that short list in your top drawer, and all of a sudden your football coach retires or decides to leave or takes another job or you got to fire him. You've already got a list of people that you've already felt some sense of interest in. And then you, of course, get into your search firm and that kind of stuff. But you start, you start with the dream first, right? You swing for the fences first, and you get in a two-strike count. You choke up, and you hope you can get a ground rule double or at least get on base, right? But how I think this thing plays out, I think what you're going to see is State's going to have difficulty landing a sitting Power 5 coach. That sentiment is already out there in agent circles. There's just not a lot of interest in our job on the Power 5 head coaching level at this point. Now, one of the things that helps us is we're not a division anymore, right? Yes, Texas and Oklahoma are joining, so it's not going to get any easier, but at least we don't have to play Alabama every year and LSU every year. But it will likely be a sitting G5 coach or a Power 5 coordinator. And based on what I'm hearing, I think the Power 5 coordinator is probably – secondary. I think you'd like to be able to go get somebody that knows how to run the show first, somebody that's proven to be able to uh, to move the football and score points, and somebody that can recruit our neck of the woods. And all three of those things are important, and not really one more important than the other. But after what we've gone through this year with a first-year head coach, a very green first-year head coach, and that's not a criticism, it's just a statement of fact. We need somebody that can hit the ground running. And none of this, we're hiring a coach, we're hiring a staff. We're hiring a coach that can have boots on the ground and ready to work immediately. Immediately. The last thing we need, and we're trying to uh, recruit our own players to stay and other players to come, is 
to have a coach here with a partial staff. Okay, well, yeah, we hired this offensive coordinator from, uh, you know, Blue Mountain State, and uh, his old drinking buddy's going to be the OC, and we're not sure who the DC's going to be. And all of a sudden, you start, you know, reaching out and trying to hire people, and people are like, I'm not going to hitch my wagon to that. Guy's a first-year coach. Look at what happened last year to Arnett and his staff. You know, Kevin Barbet and those guys have packed up and left App State and moved down there with their family, and less than a year later, they got to move again. And don't think that that doesn't factor into the equation when you're getting ready to fill out a staff. That's why it's so important for us to be able to hire a sitting head coach that can bring a staff. Look at how seamless it was when we hired Leach. Now, it makes us a lot of money, you know, when there is unrest and there are hiring decisions to make, and we're having to get on the phone and call around and make these calls and things of that nature. And uh, because, you know, you guys have interest, so we have to go out there and, and try to get information. It drives subscriptions for us. In times of confusion and crisis, you know, people turn to us. And so, yeah, it, it's good for our business, but I don't know how good that is for Mississippi State, especially at this important juncture. And again, think about what we've been through as a program. You know, recently I ran the transfer rates, right? We talked about that on the show. The three worst transfer rates in the Southeastern Conference since the portal opened. Tennessee, who had an NCAA scandal, and then Mississippi State and Auburn. The similarities between State and Auburn, there's one. Two coaching changes in five years, and guess what? We just made another one. So you're going to have players transfer. You're going to have some roster upheaval. Be prepared for that. And I know, I know, I love you all to death, but some of you make my head hurt. As soon as, you know, as soon as some walk-on enters a transfer portal, we're going to have all this pearl clutching on Facebook. Like, oh my gosh, they don't love us anymore. Guys, this is the nature of the beast. It's as simple as that. This is how things work. And that's why it's so important to bring a staff in pretty much intact that you can begin to empower people and divide up responsibilities and say, hey, here's your corners coach. Hey, coach, go get with your guys, and let's take an inventory of who plans to stay and who doesn't, and we got to adjust our recruiting uh, interest based on the feedback of that meeting. And you got to re- recruit those guys to stay. You can't just have the head coach got to deal with 85 scholarship players and 120 kids on the roster having to go have ig- exit interviews or recruiting interviews with their player you got to have some people involved. you got to be able to divide responsibilities up between capable individuals and move this thing forward. And if all you've got is a head coach and, and then half the staff that's still here is uh, spending their time interviewing to try to find their next step, that's not a good situation for roster retention or recruiting. And so based on the things that I'm hearing, of course, you got to get somebody to say yes. you got to get somebody to agree to terms. you got to get somebody that fits. But I suspect it's going to be a Sid and G5 coach. That's why I think today. I may feel differently tomorrow, and I continue to hear that if we go with the Power 5 coordinator, uh, Jeff Lebbing is probably top, near the top of that list, if not the top of that list. Former Ole Miss OC and current Oklahoma AD. Got some connections through the uh, Selman family time at Oklahoma. So, yeah, there's some connections there. And if it gets down to us hiring a Power 5 coordinator, we could do a whole lot worse than Jeff Lebbing. 
Now, to be fair, you know, when Jeff Lebby left Ole Miss, I thought, well, you know, that'll be interesting what kind of offense Ole Miss is going to put on the field without Lebby because, you know, Lebby was kind of praised as being this innovative play caller, and he was. But Ole Miss hadn't really missed a beat without him. But you look at what's happened at Oklahoma, offensively things are improving. So, yes, if we have to go the coordinator route, of course, Glenn Schumann's name has been mentioned. He's co-DC at Georgia. If we have to go with an, with an OC or a coordinator, I think you've got to go with an OC. We've got to get an offensive minded coach. Just my opinion. You know, Glenn, uh, Schumann didn't play college football. Did you know that? True. Never been recruited. And so when you begin to work through the dynamics of all this, you know, what is best for Mississippi State? Zach Summons, the guy's going to have to make that call. But based on the chatter that's out there, I think ideally we want to be able to get a coach that already has a staff together. We bring those people in and take care of business rather than showing up and then kind of having to kind of work our way through it piecemeal at a time. We need a group that can come in here and get right to work. That's the important part of this. All right, it's time for the top 10 list. As always, brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Blair Chandler is a mortgage professional. Many of you have mortgage needs. You know it. Maybe you're looking to refi. Maybe you're looking to buy a home. And that's really what more people are looking to do now, right? Whether you're being transferred, being relocated, Look no further than Blair Chandler. He's licensed to practice in multiple states. We've had several Boneyard listeners that have had loans closed through Blair Chandler. You need to have somebody with the know-how to get things done. That's Blair. Now works for Priority One Mortgage. 22 years of experience, guys. Top 1% close ratio in the country. Back to back to back years. Yeah, stick with the winners. That's Blair Chandler. His phone number is 601-500-2344. 601-500-2344. That's his personal cell. That's not uh, a receptionist. That's not a call center. That's directly to Blair. You can deal directly with him. He is a bulldog, has a season ticket holding uh, application every year for multiple sports in Mississippi State. Has a place here. I like to keep business in the family whenever I can. You do too, I know. So hit up Blair Chandler at closewithblair.com. All right. We're in the midst of change. And um, so I thought, let's do a top ten about changes. Songs about changes. That's the only constant in life is change, right? I've I've heard people say before, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you live day to day, nothing ever changes. You look back a year later and everything's different. It's kind of funny how that works. I'm a guy, too, that's not, uh, I'm not exactly a guy that embraces change either. I I, I like things as they are, right? I want things to get better, but... uh, I'm, therefore, I am. I'll be content. But here are your top ten songs about changes, and I think making their debut on the top ten list on this show. We've been doing this now for nearly four years. It's the Deftones. I'm not a big Deftones fan. I think a lot of those songs sound the same. Chino Moreno, of course. Uh, you know, he was on uh, one of our Cypress Hill songs last week. Cypress Hill got a lot of response to that list too. So thank you for your comments. We're going to go with Deftones' Change and the House of Flies. That's the, probably my favorite Deftones song, as a matter of fact. I'm not a huge Deftones guy. I think a lot of it sounds the same. It's kind of monotonous. And some people love them. I don't, but that song fits. Number nine, going back to the debut album. One of the best bands of the early 90s, man, is Candlebox. 
You know Candlebox. Don't get left too far behind, right? And it's the song Change. Change from the debut album from Candlebox. The, an amazing song. Kevin's vocals on that are absolutely ridiculous. Number eight. A lot of Bulldog fans probably feel this way. It's Sheryl Crow's A Change Would Do You Good. I love Sheryl Crow. I do. I do. Sang background for Michael Jackson for a while. Did you know that? True story. Number seven. Kind of a duet here. And I love it. I do. You know, Eric Clapton kind of had a resurgence in the early 90s after doing the Unplugged show. Had a great song with Babyface called Change the World. Babyface sang back up on that. Babyface, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Guys, if you were dating in the early 90s and you didn't have Babyface as one of your cassettes or CDs, you probably didn't have a lot of great dates. I'm just kind of laying it out there for you. Because if you put Babyface on and she didn't at least start holding your hand, it was time to take her home. Just telling you. Eric Clapton's Change the World, number seven. Number six, I know a lot of people like this guy. And uh, other people really don't like him. He's kind of polarizing at times. But a very talented guy. It's John Mayer's Waiting on the World to Change. Great track. You know, again, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the, uh, the sentiment behind the Garth Brooks song, you know. Uh, you can't get Garth Brooks stuff on streaming platforms. Garth's kind of stingy that way. He's like, if you want my music, doggone it, you're going to buy it. But uh, you know, the whole song about you know, not, not letting the world change you. You're not going to change the world, but don't let the world change you. Number five, one of my favorite songs from one of my favorite bands and one of my favorite albums from them. It's a debut album from the rock band Tesla. Going back to Mechanical Resonance, that album, what an amazing debut. And what was so great about that album, a lot of people said, you know, the sophomore slump. No, no, the great radio controversy came out even better than Mechanical Resonance. But uh, again, Mechanical Resonance, you know, kind of putting that thing together, it wasn't a real, I guess, cohesive album in many respects. There were a lot of different sounds and stuff. It was very diverse. And so the flow of the album is a little bit up and down. But the great song, Changes, begins with this amazing piano from Brian Wheat. The next thing you know, it's a rock song, and Jeff Keith just wails it out. But again, number five, Tesla, Changes. Number four, I know my friend B.J. Cummings will be excited about this. And no, it's not widespread panic, B.J. No, it's not. It's Blind Melon, going back to their debut album, Change. And another amazing song. I don't know that that album... The day, that first Bon Mellon record, and listen, I get Mouthful of Cavities was really cool too, you know. But that first album was nearly flawless. I mean, it really was. And if you are a young person today and you're looking for something super cool to listen to that's got an amazing vibe from some an amazing singer and also some ties to Mississippi, man. It's true, man. And we love them. We do, man. We love those guys so much, man. And... uh even had some people hit me up and said, Steve, next time we do Rock Vegas, let's see if we can't get a Blind Melon reunion and get those guys one more chance to say goodbye to everybody. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I did have some conversations with some people, and uh, it's never really went anywhere. But uh, it's Blind Melon Change. Trust me. Listen to that album. Don't just listen to No Rain. Listen to the whole thing, not just Tones of Home. Put the whole thing on. Listen to it from start to finish. It's quite a journey. Number two. A song that many people know just because of its use in commercials and things of that nature. It's David Bowie's Ch-Ch-Ch-Changes. Yeah, 
Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But it changes. David Bowie, one of the most amazing performers of my lifetime. Uh, Dave was a guy, too, that uh, was in recovery later in life and uh, spoke extensively about that, that everything in his life was affected negatively when he drank and uh, gave it up. And uh, reports are that he died quite and sober. So we'll honor Dave Bowie today with changes. Number two, another one of my favorites, man, it's Ozzy. Going back to the Black Sabbath days, this song was actually re-recorded a few years ago uh, with Ozzy and his daughter. Uh, but we're going with the original. Changes from Black Sabbath. It's a really sad song, and the vocal on it is amazing. I, I think in many respects, if they remastered this thing, I think it could be a hit again. Uh, the piano at the beginning doesn't necessarily match the subject matter, so it's kind of interesting in that respect. It's an interesting dichotomy because... The music sounds almost kind of happy, kind of, um, you know, Stephen Foster-ish, right? And then uh, there's Ozzy comes in with this killer vocal about going through changes. Number one for me, though, and uh, I think we're going to recognize the GOAT in my estimation. Some of you may disagree. That's okay. We're all entitled to our opinions, but it's Tupac's changes. I love the song, of course. Uh, the backing vocal, of course, is uh, from Bruce Hornsby in the range. Uh, it's an amazing track and uh, a very socially conscious track. You know, I like musicians and artists that make us think. I don't like people that are just, you know, agent provocateurs for the sake of attention. But I thought Tupac Shakur was a guy, while well, he was a, a tortured genius in many respects, and at times a little bit misguided, was a guy that really wanted positivity in his community and wanted to, to really shine a light on some of the things that he dealt with and grew up around. And uh, I, I learned earlier that he was named after an, an Incan god, an Incan sun god, something like that. But anyway, Tupac Shakur, it's changes. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things he talked about is, you know, we've never seen a black president. Now we have. Now we have. And... Uh, Sadly, he didn't live long enough to see that. But there are a lot of people, of course, that thought Tupac's still alive and just hiding from the IRS or whatever. But uh, uh, and you know, recently they made an arrest in the Tupac Shakur killing. Not sure where that goes. I've watched so many of those documentaries. Uh, but Tupac Shakur, man, in my estimation, one of the greatest lyricists of all time, regardless of genre. And uh, a guy that certainly had an edge about him. And this song is one of those things you look at and you begin to realize, you know, this is a uh, guy really had something to say. He did. And, and at times he struggled to say it. I mean, you know, hit him up, of course, uh, one of the greatest diss tracks of all time. Probably not his shining moment as a human, but certainly uh, you talk about keeping it real. Tupac certainly did and uh, gone way too soon. So Tupac's Changes, your number one song today on our songs about changes, top 10 songs about changes. If you have ideas for the top 10 list, reach out and let us know. We might just use them. Best way to do that is to find Roy Samante, the keeper of the list, at Dogmatic67 on Twitter. That's D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-6-7. You can find our great list on Spotify with that same handle. Just subscribe. And then those lists will show up. And I've had so many people that have said, you know what, Steve, I kind of like the fact that uh, I can – learn about new music, and be reminded of some old favorites on the show. One of the things that we do, never thought that that would last as long when I first started talking about doing top 10 lists, 
we did a lot of different things. I've even done my top ten dinosaurs, and uh, you know, I, I, one guy hit me up and said, "Hey, my kid is a um, love watching cartoons. Could you do your top ten cartoon characters?" We've done all those kind of things, but it's kind of gravitated to music, and at times we'll do movies. But um, nothing is off the table. Nothing. Sometimes it's hard for me to put it together. Like people say, "What's the ten most significant plays in Mississippi State football history?" Um, I could get lost in that list. I certainly could. Uh, but again, thanks for your support of Top 10 List as always. Thanks to Blair Chandler at CloseAtBlair.com for sponsoring uh, the Top 10 List. And more changes are on the way. So enjoy our list about changes, not only at Mississippi State, but in your own life. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart, a Starkvillian institution. I love Campus Bookmart. If you don't, you will once you get to know them. To know them is to love them. Go by and see their smiling faces next time you're in town. Pick up some interlocking MSU gear. You know when we have a new coach, they'll have all the new stuff, right? Whoever it is, there'll be a T-shirt, a commemorative T-shirt for when we hire them. It's what we always do. And they'll have it first. And we want to be able to support that. Get out and support the team. Show the new coach we support him. You know you all had those Dan the Man shirts. You know you did. Then you had your pirate shirts. I don't know if we had one for Zach. I don't think so. But all that understood, uh, Campus Bookmart has what you need to outfit your family, your RV, your home, your pet, your office, anything Mississippi State related that you want some decor for or whether you need to just kind of update your wardrobe, you can do that at Campus Bookmart. If you can't make it to town, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal bone yard listener, we'll give you a promo code. It's a phrase that pays. It's BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that gets you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks, and any order less than $75, absolutely incomplete. Again, that's campusbookmart.net. Right, let's talk a little bit of men's basketball here. Do you, is it just me, or do you think that, that we're maybe playing better than many of us anticipated without Tolu? That's not to say that we won't be a better team with Tolu. We certainly would be. But Jimmy Bell has really stepped up. Uh, many of you had a chance to watch us play North Alabama last night. It was a tussle for a little bit. I mean, it was. But your Bulldogs now 3-0. and Of course, uh, you know, beginning of the year, we go to Chicago, we take on Arizona State, and went Trey Fort's coming out party. I mean, Trey Fort's a guy that's well-traveled, too. I mean, it's, you know, and that's the thing I think about, again, Chris Jans identifying the pieces that he needs to move this program forward. Amazing. Amazing. I'm excited. I know you guys are excited, too. Uh, of course, we followed that up with a win over UT Martin, 87-63, and then last night, 81-54. And, again, you know, I wasn't in person, but, uh, you know, watching that game at times, it was a real grind. I mean, you know, you, you look up and it's like, how are these guys hanging in here with us? Of course, they're 2-0. and I'm not going to sit here and talk up the competition. But uh, it's one of those deals where, you know, State gets out, man, 21-8 to lead. Or, you know, we're plus 13, and you're thinking – we're fixing to wax these dudes. And the next thing you know, you look up, and, man, they got a chance to pull this thing within a couple points. We get into halftime, and we're only up eight. Pretty crazy. And then next thing you know, State really gets it going. And um, DJ Jeffries, I thought, uh, pretty streaky at times, but really got us going. And, yeah, you look up there, you know, after a three-pointer from Tim Smith Jr., State is only up three. And before you could get uncomfortable, it's back out to 13. 
and then State, uh, you know, kind of puts this thing away and was never really threatened down the stretch. Uh, looks like we led by as many as 21. Uh, and then, you know, I guess 22 after the DJ Jeffries three. And then we, you know, put this thing away with a couple shots late and uh, 81 54 winners plus 27 uh, for the Bulldogs. But uh, yeah. When Tolo went down, I started thinking, man, every game is going to be a grind for us, and we're not going to be where we need to be. But you look up now three games into this thing, and the team is playing pretty well, and you can only begin to imagine how much better we'll be once Tolu gets back. And you look at all these minutes that Jimmy Bell Jr. is getting. This is a guy that averaged four points a game in West Virginia. He had 14 last night to lead us. Josh Hubbard off the bench had a dozen. Now, again, Josh is a volume shooter. He's 4 of 13. You know, hit a couple threes early. Uh, Bulldogs 10 of 15 from the line last night, 7 of 26 from the three-point line. Uh, but how great is it for us to have an inside-out game now? You know, you've got to respect a three. And Trey Ford, again, uh, 22 minutes of action, just the nine points. But, again, knocking down some big shots for us. And D.J. Jeffries, listen, you know what D.J. is. D.J. is a, is a max energy guy. You know, he's going to get out there and rebound. He had a couple of rebounds last night. Just really showed how athletic he is. Uh, eight points for him. But uh, let's take a quick look at our statistics through three games as we kind of begin to develop some identity here uh, in the early portion of the season. And, again, I, I just think about these minutes that Jimmy Bell is getting is only making him and Mississippi State better. That's the big thing there is now you think, okay, hey, we were hoping Jimmy Bell could give us some minutes and be serviceable. He's been better than that. Uh, Trey Fort currently leads Mississippi State in scoring with 41 points, averaging 13.7 a game. A little bit off his average last night. That's okay. Uh, Josh Hubbard, the very talented freshman that we flipped from Ole Miss late, 40 points total on the year, 13.3 in the game uh, as an average. And then Jimmy Bell, again, a guy that was averaging about four points in his career, Guys, 11.3, and then averaging a double-double. Nearly 12 boards a game. Also leads a team with six blocks. Cam Matthews is always this the blue-collar grunt guy, kind of does everything you need him to do. Don't need him to fall in love with a three-point shot, obviously, but you know, 8.7 points a game for him. Pulling down just over six boards a game. Like to see that come up a little bit. But uh, you know, Cam's a guy that's out there setting those screens on the elevator. Uh, a guy that's making things happen. Shaquille Moore, of course. Uh, after a two-game suspension, was back last night, uh, played in 15 minutes, and uh, had eight points for us. And so you start thinking about this uh, logjam at guard. How are you going to figure this thing out? I think it's going to depend on matchups. I mean, you know what Rams Davis can do? Sean Jones has done some good things. And you start working through this like with Andrew Taylor. I mean, this is a guy that hadn't started a game for us, uh, but has put some pretty meaningful minutes for us together. We need him to pick it up a little bit offensively. We're going to need him uh, to be a prolific scorer for us from the outside. I know he's a role player right now, but we're going to need him to kind of get that shot going. But you like it. You like the look of things right now. I do. Uh, I certainly think that this team is capable of some pretty big things and uh, playing better than I anticipated. I really thought, you know, hey, we, we play pretty well. We win these games. But when you look at the margin with which we're playing now, and the fact that we're able to get so many guys minutes, that's going to bode well for us once we get into SEC play. And really none of these games have been close. I mean, yeah, North Alabama, we're kind of 
uh, you know, stayed within 10 points for much of that ball game. But when it got to be closing time, it's the Bulldogs pulling away, kind of showing the difference in the talent differential in the weight program. But again, 71-56 winners against Arizona State, 87-63 winners against UT Martin, and then 81-54 last night. Now, we're going to hit the road here, head up to Uncasville, Connecticut. And we're going to open that event with Washington State. That's going to be on Saturday. It's an 11 a.m. tip. Same time the Bulldog football team is playing. So maybe set your DVR and go back and watch that game later. Now, Washington State, obviously, you know, the first, you know, I I hate to say it this way because Arizona State had so many, uh, you know, moving parts to this thing. And, yes, they're a Power 5 team. But, uh, you know, we're going to go play again on a neutral court against a Power 5 opponent. Those things are important. When you start thinking about the net, makes that game all the more important. But uh, Washington State currently 2-0 and on the year. Uh, not a real robust schedule for them so far. You could make the same claim against us. However, I do think that Arizona State team, while they were picked in the middle of the pack in the Pac-12, will get it together. Uh, but, that, but Washington State knocks off Idaho in their season opener and then Prairie View A&M uh, last Friday, and then they, they won't play again until Saturday. So an eight-day layoff for them, and you got to wonder how much that impacts them a little bit. But, again, we're going to be in the Mohegan Sun Arena against Washington State. I like State to win that game. I think you guys do as well. And then on Sunday, we'll turn right back around and play either Northwestern or Rhode Island. And we'll talk more about those opponents on Friday's show, but – Pretty big weekend here for the Bulldogs, and you look at it and you say, hey, if you can get through this at 5-0, and let's say we pick up Northwestern, you know, um, and I don't know what Rhode Island's going to do in their league this year, but a 5-0 start considering that three of those first five games are away from Humphrey Coliseum, I think really bodes well for us when you start factoring in the net. And then next week we'll be back home against Nichols and then hit the road to Atlanta for the ACC SEC game challenge against Georgia Tech. So pretty interesting non-conference schedule coming up uh, for the Bulldogs. And the way Jimmy Bell is playing right now and the fact that you're getting uh, some, some quality minutes out of the freshman uh, guy, Chaw, I think if you look at it and say, you know what? Maybe this Chris Jans guy can coach. And not that there was ever any question. I mean, you saw what he did out there in New Mexico and then last year with this kind of this hodgepodge roster that lacked the perimeter shooter you begin to think, okay, we've addressed some of those needs in the offseason, and you're seeing the benefits of it now, and you don't even have your best player. Think about that. I mean, up until last night, we've been without two of our projected starters, and we're blowing people up. And again, you know, these are teams we should handle. Uh, and this non-conference schedule is one you look at and say, you know what, it's going to prepare us a little bit, but it's not like we're playing a lot of blue bloods out there. But we are playing some Power 5 opponents that should be on par with us from a talent standpoint, you're playing some teams that have some guys that can play. I want to remind you guys, too, that Magnolia Madness game in Tupelo during the holiday break. It's going to be December 17th in North Texas. That is an NIL fundraiser. So whether you go to the game or not, we're going to encourage you to buy tickets. We, we want you to go because, number one, the Bulldogs are going on the road. And instead of us playing here while the students are gone, we're going to play in Tupelo, bringing the Bulldogs in North Texas uh, to your neck of the woods. And uh, we encourage you to go to the game, spend some money, give the NIL. But again, this is an NIL fundraiser for us. And so it is important that we pack it out. We need to sell every ticket. Uh, 
the Bulldogs deserve a capacity crowd. There's so many people that say, you know what, I'd love to go, but it's so difficult to get there. Well, now we're bringing the game to you, Tupelo. And we need all the Bulldogs in that neck of the woods and everybody in the Golden Triangle to plan to be there. It's a Sunday, and it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so you can go to church, drive up there, go to the ball game, cheer the Bulldogs on to victory, and get home in time for dinner. So go ahead and begin to make plans for that. Again, not just because of the fact that it is a Bulldog basketball game, because you can watch a lot of those in Starkville. This is a very important one because there will be an NIL fundraiser attached to it. So we encourage you to go uh, and be a part of that as often as you can be. We, and that's, that's an important aspect of every bit of this. You know, uh, The women knocked off uh, UNO today. Robbie Falk with a really funny title. Uh, Rob, Robbie says, uh, uh, let me find the title. I want to give it to you in its entirety here. And Robbie also confirms after speaking with Sam Purcell that Romani Parker is out for the season. Man, you hate to see that. You absolutely hate to see that. But uh, Robbie's title of today's game, are Bulldogs teach UNO a lesson on education day at the hump. I texted him and I said, dude, that's an amazing title. And he's like, ha, 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 I thought it was good. It is good. It is good. Very funny. And, uh, yeah, so let's look at the women's side of things here too. Uh, the women off to a good start. Yeah, and, again, you hate the news for Parker, you know, and you recently had a transfer, you know, so they're rostered down two players here. But uh, – the ladies opened the season with a 77-42 win over Alcorn State. Last Friday, they take care of Southeastern Louisiana, 67-46. And then blast Jacksonville State, 84-45. And again, these games have not been competitive. And then today, the biggest blowout of the year, 87-26 over UNO. And again, that game played early. And again, that's Education Day. A lot of uh, students from the greater Starkville area turned out to be a part of that. Now, the ladies will be on the road for the first time this season on Sunday in Nashville, Tennessee at Belmont. If you live in that neck of the woods, let me encourage you to turn out and go see them play. Not just because of the fact you're going to have a good time. They deserve to have your support. And again, you can get up, go to church, go to lunch, and then scoot on over to Belmont to watch the Bulldogs play. Uh, That should be a game that we win. Shouldn't be a problem for us. And uh, we'll take a look at that a little bit uh, later in the week. But, again, ladies off to a good start. Really not having any anxiety so far as far as what's happened on the court. Uh, let's take a quick you know, look at the statistics and just kind of see who's standing out through three games. We're still kind of determining our identity a little bit, you know. Uh, still some moving parts, but very happy with what uh, Sam Purcell and ladies have done through four games. Lady Bulldogs now 4-0. and Guys, we've nearly doubled up our opponents. Mississippi State has scored 315 points and allowed us 159. We're averaging just under 80 points a game at 78.8 and allowing just under 40 at 39.8. How is that? 39-point scoring margin through four games. And, yes, listen, one of the biggest variances in all of sport is the difference between the haves and the have-nots in women's basketball. That's just a true story. I don't know why that is. You see some, some scores in women's basketball that are just absolutely ungodly. Let's look at some individual numbers here. Uh, Jerkalia Jordan, uh, through four games, leading Mississippi State in minutes played, just under 27 minutes a game, averaging 19.8 a game, pulling down nearly eight boards. She also has 15 steals. State has 44 as a team. She's got 15. Pretty impressive. Six turnovers for herself against 10 assists. Like to see those assist numbers come up, and they'll have to in SEC play. Jessica Carter, and it seems like it seems like this whole Jessica Carter experience has been one of those things. You know, 
She's on again, off again. Perhaps playing her best basketball of her career. 12.3 points a game, just over eight boards and 10 blocks. State has 30 as a team. She has 10 of them. Uh, Debris Chapeau was somebody we expected to take a step up this year, and she has. 9.8 points a game, averaging five and a half boards, also six blocks. It's been kind of a block party. A lot of people getting in on the defensive side. Aaron Barnum, uh, newcomer to Mississippi State, averaging 7.3 points a game and been really good on the offensive glass. 11 of her 28 rebounds have been offensive boards, also six blocks on the year. Uh, Lauren Park Lane, not the school, the player, also putting in a lot of minutes for us. And uh, 26 points total and uh, working this average about six and a half. But if you look at all this, it has been very much by committee. Once you get through Jaquelia Jordan and uh, Jessica Carter, you've got a lot of people averaging a half dozen or better on this team. So the scoring, uh, you know, has been spread, you know, pretty consistently up and down the roster. And you're playing a lot of players. And, of course, Ramani Parker's played in two. Now she's done for the year. She was averaging three points a game. But five and a half boards, one of the top rebounders on the team, and now she's uh, done for the season. So this is a group, again, you know, kind of finding a sense of itself. But you like the early returns, and you like what Sam Purcell is doing. And, again, you know, starting to get the players in to fit his system. Uh, after we play the game at Belmont, the ladies will hit the road to Houston, Texas, for a you know, three-game event called the Van Chancellor Classic. Congratulations to Van and his family, of course, uh, former Bulldog that uh, spent a lot of time coaching at Ole Miss. But uh, we'll take on Clemson, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, and Tulsa there. That Clemson game will be awfully interesting. Probably the biggest challenge that we've had to date without question. And then we'll get Pine Bluff and Tulsa. And so you look at that and say, hey, we, we ought to go 2-1, and one, maybe 3-0 and oh out there. But uh, you feel good about where we sit. And this team, in many respects, is going to go as far as Jerkelia Jordan can take her in many respects. But uh, to have Jessica Carter playing the level she is is very significant for Mississippi State. So that's your basketball recap. Again, brought to you by Campus Bookmark. A lot of basketball to come. And uh, I was on the radio this morning with Bart Heisch. I love Bart. You guys do too. Uh, Bart, one of the fan favorites on our favorite basketball team of all time, that 96 team. And uh, Bart is so incredible, man. Bart, just one of those, just a great person, a great ambassador for Mississippi State. And anytime that we can get together and talk with Bart, uh, allow them on the on the on the press box show, uh, you know, to talk about sports. And uh, I, I trust Bart. He's got us done some work for the university, kind of previewing this team. When Bart is excited about basketball, we should all be excited about basketball. Because I've had some conversations in the past, you know, Bart is a guy that's a bit of an optimist, but when he tells you, "Ah, I'm just a little worried about this and worried about that, Bart's not having those conversations right now. You know, I think Bart likes the fact that that we're getting such good guard play right now, and I hate to speak for him, but uh, his emotion and positivity about this team is very infectious. Uh, He likes what we're doing, and I like what we're doing, but he has a lot more credibility in the room when it comes to basketball. And so when I see basketball people say, hey, you know what, this team's pretty good, and only begin to imagine what we're going to look like when we get Tolu Smith back, uh, a guy that could potentially be an All-American, right? You know, you hate the fact that he's missing an unconference. But, again, the silver lining in all of this is the fact that Jimmy Bell is getting some very valuable minutes, and you begin to think about playing with both of those guys down low at the same time. 
It's pretty impressive. And you listen, Tolusa guy at times has had some foul trouble. He did a better job with it last year, but uh, you know now he can get in there and play a little more physical because he's got a pretty quality reserve behind him. So great start to the men's and women's basketball season. If you hadn't been to the new Humphrey Coliseum, let you turn out. And uh, so many people have said, Steve, the game day atmosphere in the hump is so much better than it was. And there's still a few more amenities they're going to kind of detail out. By the time we get to SEC play, there's supposed to be some other things that we add and that we can be excited about. But um, yeah, the main thing is we're winning. And we're winning impressively. And we're beating teams the way we should. We're not playing down the competition. I mean, how many non-conference games have we had uh, last few years, especially on the men's side, that it was just like pulling teeth? You know, we're playing like an SEC team should play. And, again, Chris Jans and his staff uh, deserve a tremendous amount of credit, you know, for what they've done with this program. Final segment of the show brought to you by the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. If you're looking to come to Starkville this weekend and you're bringing a large group or maybe you're on the fence about that, Stay at the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Just Google it today and book through the Evolve website. You're thinking, oh, Steve, somebody's going to grab it. You don't know until you check. And whether you're looking to come from ballgame weekends or basketball midweek games or perhaps baseball weekends, look no further than the Stark Vegas Clubhouse for your large group. Uh, plenty of bedrooms. You got those two wet bars. You got the big kitchen area. You can go buy groceries and you can cook. Instead of you going and spending money at restaurants or uh, spending money at local watering holes, you can just go buy groceries like you would at home and use their incredible kitchen to serve your family. And again, wake up on uh, game day morning and grandma's made cinnamon rolls. Or maybe grandpa makes them. I don't know. But how nice would it be to have your entire family under one roof? Everybody have their own individual room. And then the common areas, we can all kind of get together and play some board games. We can watch some football and everybody can just be there to kind of love on each other. Or maybe maybe it's a bachelorette or a bachelor's weekend or whatever. Not a lot of neighbors around, so you can get everybody together and you can have a great time. That great fire pit area out there. Uh, again, nobody really around you. It's in the old uh, renovated clubhouse for the old golf course. What an amazing place to stay. And again, go to the Stark Vegas Clubhouse, Google it, and book through the Evolve website. We'll give you a promo code there too. It's BSR10, and I'm going to save you 10% on the Stark Vegas Clubhouse. If you went and booked individual hotel rooms, you're probably going to pay about twice as much, and then you don't get the BSR discount. Again, it's BSR 10, and again, everybody can be together. What a wonderful experience that would be, especially if the kids live out of state. Maybe everybody just kind of makes a pilgrimage to Stargill for sporting events. How great would it be for everybody, but especially mom, to have all the babies under one roof? It's amazing. Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Much more affordable than you'd ever think. Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Book through the Evolve website. Promo code BSR10. All right. A little bit of a programming note here. Uh, we've made the decision that the next book is, uh, we're going to start writing that next year. I hope to have it done by the summer. And so maybe we'll have it out next year by the holiday season. When the Bottom Falls, the new book will be out next week. Uh, if you pre-ordered the book, they'll be arriving in the warehouse on or around Monday, I will go and sign them, and they will ship them out to you. So you should have your books by the end of next week. Give it a few days, and it'll be on the shelves uh, next week as well. And uh, you say, well, Steve, I know you're excited about the new book. Guys, I'm really excited about even the next book, book number seven. And I've already shared this some on social media. Uh, book number seven, I'm happy to say, will be uh, written with the full support of the university behind us. And uh, I'm going to write a uh, biography of Duty Noble. 
True. Uh, the working title right now is The Dude, The Dude, The Life and Times of Duty Noble. Now, I don't know what you know about Duty Noble, but he is one of the most accomplished athletes to ever wear the maroon and white. Went on to be a coach in multiple sports at Mississippi State and ultimately your athletic director all the way up to 1959. And you know what? There's not a lot of information out there about Duty Noble. And uh, he was a guy that uh, did some amazing things. He had his faults. He was very gruff and difficult to deal with. And uh, so I've reached out to a lot of people uh, in the Mississippi State community and said, hey, I'm thinking about taking this thing on. And everybody is like, wow. What a great idea for a book. And I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't know how well this thing will sell. I think it'll do okay. But I'm not writing it for that reason. I think this is a book that Mississippi State needs. I think our fans need this. And uh, one of the things that I love about writing is not just the exercise of typing or being able to break news or be able to put things out there that maybe you find interesting. But there are some books and some articles that you write for different reasons entirely. And this is one of them. We've all congregated at Duty Noble Field, but most of our people have no idea who Duty Noble was. Well, you've heard the name, but you don't know the stories. And so I'm going to get to work on that. Once we get through the coaching search, I'm going to begin the research on that. And I've been, again, told by the university that I'll have unfettered access. They'll get me in the archives I'm told that there's some records over in the SEC office that uh, some people are going to help me get, you know, have access to those to be able to write about those things. I think this is one of those things when you begin to, to realize Duty Noble, one of the most accomplished athletes to ever wear the Mississippi State uniform, and you look at the things that he did as a coach and administrator, has there been a more significant person in the history of Mississippi State athletics than one Duty Noble? I would submit to you, no, there hasn't been. There absolutely hasn't been. And if you are out there researching Duty Noble, there's not a lot of information online for you. And so I think there is a need for this book. I think it is a big part of our history. And to be honest with you, if I don't write this book, I don't think it'll ever get written. I don't know who else has the interest in doing something like this. And so I've reached a point in my career, I can kind of write about what I want to write about because my book's typically sell, right? And uh, I've had so many people, since I put it out on Facebook, I was already pretty sure I was going to do it. And I put it on my Facebook group and said, hey, this is what I'm thinking about. The response has been overwhelming. Uh, the response from the university has been overwhelming. I've reached out to several people uh, connected to the university and said, hey, here's what I'm kicking around. What do you think? Not one person has said, you know, I don't know, Steve. Everybody has said, you know what? I don't know how well it'll sell, but I'll buy it. And I think most Mississippi State people want to buy it too. And I think it's important for us. Let, we have to pool our talents together to celebrate our history. And I uh, had some conversations with Sid Salter, who I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for. And uh, I just talked to Sid. I said, Sid, this is what I'm thinking. And Sid's like, you know, Steve, I think this is a worthwhile pursuit. You know, uh, is it going to be a New York Times bestseller? No, it's not. It's a niche book in many respects. And as some would say, it's some pretty thin soup there. I don't think that it is. Uh, I, I texted with Chris Lamonis last night. I said, hey, here's what I'm going to do. And Chris is like, you know, I don't even know a lot about him. And what's interesting, I uncovered this earlier this week when I was writing an article about uh, in 1937, Duty Noble coached the freshman football team to an undefeated and an unscored upon season. Those guys went on to be seniors and went 10-0-1. 
And Lamanna says, look, man, he did everything. Exactly, he did. And that's all the more reason to write it. Now, Duty Noble also was a guy that had his own share of enemies. Duty Noble was going to do things his way. And when you go back and you think about this, not only was he the most, what do you get, 14 varsity letters? Think about that for a second, right? Of course, it was a different day and time back then. But once he became an administrator, he hired the winningest coach in school history and Alan McKean, and ultimately had to fire him due to pressure from donors. And uh, we've talked about that before. He hired uh, Babe McCarthy, legendary basketball coach and a very unconventional hire. Out of ball in Mississippi, he was referee in basketball games. And he hired him. And Babe McCarthy ended up having a gymnasium named after him. Because he hired Jack Crystal. He hired Murray Warmoth. You say, Steve, who's that? We coached here for two years, and he left and went to Minnesota. And guess what he did there? He won an Apple championship. He hired Daryl Royal in the same decade. And Daryl Royal coached for two years at Mississippi State. What did he do? Ultimately landed at Texas and became the greatest coach in the history of Texas football. Won multiple NAFL championships. Has there ever been a better evaluator of sports talent than Duty Noble? Think about that resume. Not just what he did as a player. Not just what he did as a coach. But the people that he hired and supported as an athletic director and the things they accomplished. And so it's incredible to think about that. And people always wonder, well, why did we name the stadium after him? Guys, we did that when he was still alive. It wasn't like just something in memoriam. And so I'm so excited about this. I get chills talking about it. I, I, I want to write this for my own intellectual curiosity. But I want to write this for you. And I want to honor this man. And it's going to be a very unvarnished, truth-telling story. We're going to tell the good, the bad, the indifferent of everything that happened with Duty Noble. Because I think this generation needs to know who he was and what he accomplished. And so that's the plan right now. A lot of people always ask me, so Steve, what's next? You know, it took me a long time to figure out that I wanted to write uh, when the bottom falls. I'm excited for you guys to have that. I'm excited to get out there inside it and read your reviews. But guys, I'm excited to dig my hands into this and get to work on bringing to life a Mississippi State legend in Duty Noble. I think we need to know the man and the career that he had that led us to name our stadium after him. I think it's extremely important. One of the things that I've learned, too, is when Duty Noble retired, they had a ceremony over in Birmingham at the SEC office, and every sitting AD came because they had so much respect for Duty Noble and what he'd accomplished. And there are so many stories out there that I want to unearth, and it's so interesting. Every time I, I'll sometimes I'll just stumble across something, and it's like, Duty Noble did it again, you know. Uh, so that's the plan. So you can be thinking about that. Those of you that are planning about when the bottom falls, uh, this year is a Christmas gift for somebody you know and love. Go ahead and plan for next year. Uh, we'll get the Duty Noble book out for you too. And uh, again, there's not a lot of interviewing to do. I'll have to do some things on background. And you're going to have to depend on a lot of records. You're going to have to depend on a lot of the stuff in the archives. And uh, you know, we've already started talking about the cover. Start talking about how we want to market the book. And so this has all come together really quickly. And it appears that everybody is mutually aligned with this. 
And uh, again, we've got the full support of the university. They're again willing to give me unfettered access uh, to write this book. I think it's an important book for Mississippi State, not just an important book for Steve Robertson. Uh, this is a guy that I think that deserves to be profiled. And as somebody told me yesterday, this book probably should have been written 20 years ago. And there's probably some truth to that. But I just feel like if I don't take it on, it won't happen. And uh, that's not out of arrogance. There's just not other people out there writing books about Mississippi State. And I don't know who else would have the interest to go pursue a project like this. And I, I suspect it'll probably be one of the more difficult things I've ever had to write. Uh, because I don't know how much records exist and how many people that we can speak to to kind of get more stories. And so if you know descendants of Duty Noble, and I know that they settled in Edwards, Mississippi, and I know that his widow, uh, prior to her death, had basically a shrine to everything Duty Noble had accomplished in her living room. Not that I want any of that stuff, but I want to be able to see it. I want to have uh, some connections with the family, and I want to honor Duty Noble's memory uh, in the best way possible. So if you have a connection to that family, and again, they settled in Edwards, Mississippi. If you know anybody, please reach out to me. Uh, you can find me on all forms of social media. Find me on Facebook or Twitter. You can email me, uh, whatever you want to do. Hit me up and let me know because I want to do an amazing job on this book to honor one of the most decorated players, coaches, and administrators to ever be involved with Mississippi State Athletics. And as you can hear in my voice, I'm extremely excited about this. And uh, this time next year, I hope this book is already on the shelves and we're already celebrating Duty Noble. I'd like to have it out in time for football season. You know, we didn't have When the Bottom Falls Out, so we didn't do game day signings. And one of the main reasons that I didn't is because people would say, hey, when's a new one coming out? Well, we don't have it. So uh, we'll have it soon. We'll be setting up some book signings. And uh, we'll do a release at some point uh, downtown at Book Martin Cafe and uh, probably do something uh, for the Egg Bowl, down at Campus Bookmark. All that's going to happen pretty quickly here. So as dates get set, I'll share with you here, and then we'll get to work on uh, on The Dude, man. That's, again, that's the working title, The Dude, The Life and Times of Duty Noble. Not the baseball stadium, but the man for which it's named. And uh, when I first mentioned I'm going to write a book about Duty Noble, people think, oh, that would be great, man. It's been some great games. No, 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 no. Not the stadium, the man itself. Of course, we'll talk some about the venue, uh, and and it's uh, you know its place in college baseball history. But more importantly, we're going to talk about the man. We're going to tell the stories behind the man that led to that very prestigious honor. So there you go. Officially announced right here on the Barnyard, the next book, a biography of uh, Duty Noble. All right, if you haven't done so, go to WhenTheBottomFalls.com. You can order When the Bottom Falls. You can order Flim Flam, Alpha Dog, Stark Villains. You can order all that right there. If you're looking for Stark Villains gear, find it at StarkVillains.com. It's never too early to be thinking about Christmas, guys. We're talking, uh, it's November 15th. I don't want to make you panic, but it is. And you've got a Boneyard listener or two on your shopping list. Maybe they already have the books. Maybe they deserve a Stark Villains hoodie or t-shirt. Be sure and hook them up at StarkVillains.com. And a reminder, if you're not already a member at JeansPage.com, and you certainly should be, you can get 60% off the annual subscription price right now doing the coaching search special. And uh, you can go there right now, log in, and uh, pick it out. Again, 60% off for an annual subscription and uh, one of the best deals that we'll ever do. Uh, Be sure and go check that out today. And uh, we'll have some more updates. Of course, breaking news here. Uh, Simeon Price, 
Mississippi State running back has entered the NCAA transfer portal. The portal is now open for Mississippi State players. Anytime there is a coaching change, there is a short window. I think it's 30 days. Uh, by the time that ends, we'll be in the normal portal window. Uh, so you may see some other players leave. I don't know. Simeon Price, I don't know, has been treated fairly. Uh, Simeon Price, we mentioned that on the show recently. He had the big runoff left side, and then we didn't see him again. He didn't get another carry. And so I think Simeon Price probably feels like he's been underutilized here, and now it's probably a time for him to get a reset. We wish him the best and appreciate his contributions to Mississippi State football. He will not be the last Bulldog to get into the portal. So go ahead and be prepared. And I know I can already I can already hear it now. Are we even going to play football next year? Yes, we're going to be fine. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and there, listen, to be honest with you, there's some guys that need to get in the portal. Let's just be honest about that. We need to, we got to flip this roster quickly uh, and get this team winning football games. But uh, right now, our focus is on beating Southern Miss. And then next week, we'll train our focus on hopefully winning the Egg Bowl. And then we'll see how the postseason opportunities look after that. But uh, again, Zach Arnett has been fired. You've got no reason not to come to the game. There's no protest to be had. Uh, we've brought change to the program. Now we're in the process of, firing a new, of hiring a new coach. So please come out and support the Bulldogs this weekend and on Thanksgiving. And in the event we make a postseason game, we're going to encourage you to go make that trip with us too because this is about what's best for Mississippi State, not a coach or an individual, uh, even me and you. This is about us as a collective family all pulling in one direction now. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.